0: Welcome to The Fine Art of Coaching. Two friends and senior coaches across oceans, Anindita Das and Maureen Ovin, invite you to join us on a close and honest exploration of organizational life that brings a deeper perspective on leadership and important issues of the day. I'm Anindita Das, a senior coach in Beijing, China. I work with individuals, groups and corporates to educate and effect real change from inside out.
1: I'm Maureen Owen, an executive coach in Brisbane, Australia. I support leaders, teams, and organizations to navigate change and to work with challenges to transform their impact.
0: Hi, welcome, Falavi. And welcome, Maureen, as well. Thank you, Anantina. Falavi. Thank you, hey, Maureen. Uh, you're based in Bangalore, and you're working in the space of diversity and inclusion. So, we would actually like to know a short background on how diversity and inclusion looks like in India and how it is shaping up.
2: Um, the the best analogy that I can give, um, all of us have been to a zoo, right? Nice and what you expect in a zoo is um is a is a is a when you say diversity right you're actually looking at different species different different genres different kinds of uh, uh creatures <laughs> natural life there and uh, that's that's what it means imagine if you go to a zoo and all you see are let's say just rabbits mm. or all you see are just peacocks. Mm. Um, just pick any one kind of animal or, you know, um, animal life that you can pick up. Right now, the state of diversity and inclusion is very close to that. It's, mm. it's, it's changed. It's evolving. Now you will find more, right? One or two more, right? Um, but that's primarily what it is and what it has been for the longest time but then comes the next level right once again i'll take the analogy back to zoo if i only have birds then i should not be calling it zoo maybe i'll give it a more specific name because i have birds of different uh, different different um, uh, species right when we talk about diversity spaces in india or the kind of diversity that exists in india somewhere you can't say that it's the it's a reality of india alone because for the past three decades or so, every time we have spoken about diversity, we have only spoken about gender. Mm -hmm. And every time we have spoken about gender, we have only focused on cis women, Mm -hmm. right? So somewhere that thought process has stuck and that conversation has stayed that when we say how diverse you are, if you will ask some leader that how diverse you are, um, the first thing that they will tell you is this many percentage of women are there in our organization, right? And the distinction does not even exist between cis women and trans women because it's not there in the vocabulary. It's not there in the thought process. And this is just one kind of diversity, right? What about race? What about Nothing culture?
0: About Sorry, I, I'm, I. I would like to know what is cis women because I do not know. Oh, um, <laughs> we are talking
2: about straight women, right? We are talking about women who were born as women, women who identify as women, um, women who uh, who look like women, right? So we are talking about uh, uh, cis women from that perspective. And when we say trans women, we're right. talking about women who chose to transition into, uh, those persons who chose to transition into a woman. And that distinction is also something which does not exist. In fact, uh, um, inclusion is a separate conversation altogether, but um, diversity itself is not inclusive right now. It's a very segmented and categorized diversity that we talk about, which uh, still primarily revolves around uh, cis women conversations.
0: Right, so what you're saying is in in also it includes diversity, the scope of diversity is just limited to women. And have we started looking towards persons with disability or other kind of diversity and inclusion that the world is talking about? Is that also the scope it's- that you're working with right now?
2: So. Two things to look at it, uh, to, to answer your question. First one is whether this conversation is happening in India right now or not. Um, definitely. I mean, uh, people with disability law has been around for close to a decade. Right? And uh, we have to understand that uh, um, how much awareness exists, right? So One is where law comes into picture and they expect the workplaces or the, uh, the ecosystem to adopt it. Uh, These are the pushes. Second is, even without knowledge of laws, are companies adopting it? So change is happening. Um, uh, There there are companies which are evolving and I will not say it's just the big groups, but uh, I know some small teams, small startups, which uh, have infused or injected this uh, this DNA of uh, inclusion in their teams. And uh, they are building on the diversity blocks and figuring out that instead of just focusing on hiring more women or cis women in our team, what other things that we can do? What other individuals, what other forms of diversity that, can be, that we can boast, right? And uh, that's happening. But uh, to be very honest, the rate is not good enough for us uh, to, to feel very happy about. But if the beginning is a sign of celebration, definitely we are, we are. Um, And coming to this other point uh, where uh, uh, what we are doing, um, so see, when we talk about diversity, um, it's also very important, same with companies that you have to strategize everything, right? You cannot just tell people that, hey, we diverse, Uh, build a space that is is, uh, inclusive, for everyone. Build a space that will allow for the growth of each and everyone. And uh, one, that is not possible. Second, that is also not structured. Anything which is not structured will create a lot of havoc in any space. Right, So it's almost like putting a board somewhere outside and saying that everybody is welcome. But the infrastructure needs to be created. Even when we talk about disabilities, Anandita, even mm. that is not about one single thing. You you still have to identify what form of disability we are going to be focusing on, right? Is, are we talking about something which is physical? Are we talking about uh, something which is about cognitive? Um, even in cognitive, there are once again, so many different categories. Are we talking about autism? Are we talking about any other form of cognitive disability? Everything needs to be broken down. Uh, the problem occurs when we expect everything, when we when we put an umbrella statement and say that uh, we are diverse or when we put an umbrella statement and ask a question to somebody that are you diverse? I believe the main problem um, is that when such vague question is being asked, a vague answer is being given. <laughs> Nobody is asking a very specific question. So, yeah, there. So, Paul, so, could I ask you,
1: Like, so you started with the analogy of the zoo. And I think that I love that, I love that image. So how would you describe the zoo now? Like, is it uh, like a zoo with all those wonderful creatures in it filled with them, but how, how do people generally see it? Do they see it as a bird Avery, or do, do you know, like, what what is the gap, I guess I'm asking, between the reality of, of what what it is and how people mm-hmm. see it to never?
2: So, considering the kind of uh, cultural, um, you know, uh, richness that India mm. enjoys, diversity is anyway inevitable. So all zoo has, like, All our zoos have so many different kinds of, all workplaces have different kinds of people, right? They will definitely be a cultural mix. They will be an age mix. You will also have people who will be coming from different religious beliefs, right? Um, We will also have individuals because everyone, uh, There will be people from different profiles and background and uh, regions, thought process, cognitive diversity will also exist. What's happening is we are not looking at them as a kind or as a um, as a category of diversity because the conversation once again is just, do we have women, do we not have women, do we have people with disability, do we not have people with disability. Globally, when we talk about diversity, we are talking about each and every aspect that the the equation is very long and vast and comprehensive. Right. Here, when we talk about it, we are just looking at two things, right? We are either looking at uh, gender or we are looking at uh, whether physically you look any different because um, the mental or the cognitive is still something that we have a long way to go before we even start understanding and appreciating it. Yes, there have been case studies. Uh, Some companies like SAP have done amazing stuff. But uh, how much of it is actually happening for other companies? It takes a lot to do. Uh, So Maureen, I think identifying and appreciating that I have so much richness already, but I'm not concerned about measuring it and how it is contributing. And when I'm not doing those first two things, I'm also not concerned about uh, or not focusing on how do I get them to feel included, right? How do I make sure? Let me give you a small example, holidays festivals. We'll have uh, Diwali, we will have Holi, we will have Eid. And uh, if we are in, if we are operating in that specific state, then maybe we will have that space specific holidays like Onam and Pongal. We are a, we we, we are a migrating uh, human resource, you know, Uh, I would say generation right now, right? It's not as if that where we were born, that's the place that we will be working in or that's the state we will be in. Isn't it the duty of the workplace now to identify what other festivals which are not so known or which are not there on the list and such a small thing to do. It doesn't take much to do that actually, right? And that's what we say that to get someone to feel included in a workplace, does not require huge investments. It's the small things that will go a long way, and uh, that's how the zoo looks like. That uh, you 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 know, uh, one you are only looking for one or two categories to show off or showcase. You are uh, disregarding the other forms of uh, diversities that exist in your team because in your eyes they are not important, and. Uh, if these two conditions exist, inclusion is out of question.
0: <laughs>
1: it's, it sounds to me like almost like people, the, the prescription glasses they're wearing, are an old script and the their glasses only enable them to see one kind of color. Do you know like we only see things that are red, for example, and all the other colors are missing, it sounds, because the inclusion and the diversity, or not the inclusion, the diversity and the richness of that is there and it's present, but people are not necessarily seeing it, even though they probably
0: are. Or probably they are consciously trying to avoid it because it's inconvenient. It is they,
2: inconvenient, and, right? Walk into a room and ask 10 different kinds of people what are your needs instead of walking into a room and asking just one person what are your needs because the more people you ask, the different kinds of needs requires a different kind of address, right? Maybe budgeting, maybe process restructuring, policies introduction. Right now, the kind of alienation um, with respect to conducting, let's say, oh, we are a very diverse and inclusive team, but the only people that you're building these policies for, and I'm not complaining, being one of the receiving group and uh, identifying as a woman, I, I appreciate that, that there is a focus, but at what cost, right? And we cannot, uh, we, and there's also intersectionalism that plays, right? Um, as a woman also, not all women you can put them in same category right we have to appreciate and we have to identify the nuances that intersectionalism brings into these conversation of diversity and inclusion right which is largely missing Uh, single women married women women from which religion right what stature single mothers um and this is just creating the intersection in women categories cis women category <laughs> yes i'm not even gone beyond right <laughs> yes
0: so, Falavi, so i can so, see that you know you're you're so engaged in this because it you know one of the reasons is you're a woman and you identify as this woman and you can see the whole spectrum that women in that category need which are not being provided for. You know, they are needs, but they are not being provided for. So it does affect you. So I'm going to pull back the attention on your personal life. So being this driven and passionate um, about bringing about a culture change in a, in a country as as huge as India, and of course globally as well, how much does it pervade your personal life? <laughs>
2: Okay. Can I give another analogy here? <laughs> <laughs> yes, so, <right>. go ahead. A <laughs> so, few days ago, I was actually talking to my uh, to my partner, and I was uh, telling him that um, I it's becoming a little too much on some days yeah. because uh, some days are really stressful.
0: Yeah.
2: And uh, you know, one conversation on the side that I really want to start with the community. Uh, of like me is that our own mental health uh, because nobody is checking on that while, while you're taking care of others who is taking care of you kind of thing so really want to focus on that but uh, and then he was asking me why what's happening right you can easily easily ignore you can easily choose what to do and what not to do and I was telling him that uh, even the simplest of tasks are actually a little painful at times because I read newspaper to only see how many women have been quoted today. I read newspaper only to see how many upper caste people have been quoted. Mm. I read newspaper to see that, okay, there's this tweet of the day section in um, in, in economic times. Um, oh, again, another another rich, white or rich Indian, whoever, Somebody who is already known, somebody who is already there. But where are the women? Are women not tweeting anything? Are other categories of individuals, persons, are they not tweeting something amazing, intelligent, full of wisdom? And this is just about reading newspaper. And he once again said that okay, this is nothing. So I told him that <laughs> instead of general, imagine if I was working in environment, right? And what I do. In my head and imagine me doing it in a physical sense is i carry a bag with me and everywhere i go i'm cleaning it like i'm collecting garbage right Right. but if i'm crossing the street i'm picking up garbage if i'm going to somebody let's say if i come to your house and i see dirty or you're not doing things right like uh, you know, environmentally, your home is not disposing maybe the garbage right and uh, other wastage. I see, and I start fixing it. If the tap is leaking, I will start fixing it. Or if the if if there's a, a waste segregation is not happening, then I'll start doing it. That's what happens mentally, right? Every every place, every conversation, everything, um, it 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 affects you because. The, the gender lens is not just for outside. Um, I say that this is also like a filter for the ears. You hear everything through that only. Mm. It's like an additional layer of uh, tone that gets added to it. Uh, okay. I don't know if there's any technology to that, but...
0: I, I think it also hurts the most when people closest to you, like friends and family, say the same thing what outsiders say and you're educating the outsider. And then in, in a way you expect, but you're my family. We should be on the same page. When you're doing the same thing, it feels hurtful, yeah. kind of betrayal. Like, why are you saying the thing that I'm opposing, opposed to, right? It happens because most of the, I think at
2: home and in family setup, my statement is not you. Come yeah. on, not you. Right, I, I expect this from the world and this is there for the friend circle and I have seen uh, my friends calling me a mood kill or a killjoy um, or you know if we are meeting for some friend's wedding or something uh, some celebration uh, I'll be told that uh, okay leave your, leave your work you know conversations aside because we are going to curse, we are going to see this, we are going to crack sexist jokes. Um, And their rationale is that it doesn't make them a bad person. They are not harming, but whereas where I come from, everything contributes to the larger problem that we are dealing with. And if all of us will start thinking that, what is this one joke from my end going to do for this problem? I'm nobody, right? Whereas I look at it differently. That each body is somebody uh, in their own small clout. You know, we all have influence over people around us. There are people there. There are twenty people who are watching Maureen and learning, and you know, uh, absorbing things. Maybe the way she sits, the way she laughs, the way she cracks a joke, which 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 humor she finds, you know, tasteful. There are people who are admiring her and learning from her. Same thing is happening for you, Ananta. And you have to be very conscious of who are the people who are watching us. And uh, instead of thinking that the whole world is not watching us, I I, I don't I, I don't think that happens. And that's the only way we can work towards change. That I'm being watched, even if by my nieces or by my by the small children in my family, or maybe just my friends, right? And uh, yes, you. I, I don't know about being the elephant in the room, but you definitely are the pain in the group or pain in the room sometimes. And uh, sometimes you also want to, like. I also want to like just not think about it, right? Watch a movie without ruining it for people who have taken me to watch that movie with them. Because once again, why was this woman given this role? She could have done something more powerful. Um, oh, what a ridiculous dialogue. Oh, again, the same clothes. Um, What work is she doing? Nobody is talking about her career. Nobody nobody has even bothered writing in the script that the female cast will have this, you know, persona. It's like nobody even bothered to create their persona in that role, right? It's it's insignificant. Come, dance, wear sexy clothes and go. And uh, that's how it flows in different industries also. Uh, That still remains the larger narrative. And uh, yes, while a lot of people will debate and argue that we do have women leaders, um, someone last night was just telling me that, oh, India progressed in the political field for women long time ago before the world did, because we had Indra Gandhi, we have so many more women politician, uh, political leaders. But, Indra Gandhi, I admire, but that was legacy, right? And I, I wish she had stayed longer to inspire so many other women out there. But uh, we, we need so much more. We cannot rely on these five, 10 names uh, to, to put our name in the hall of fame that India did something so amazing so long ago. So, so we have
0: everything, everything must
2: be all right. Yeah. It is not.
0: So it seems yeah. like women or anyone who's not in the, in the majority group are, are, you know, are made to learn to be inconvenient uh, the other way, are made to learn to be, how to be convenient for this yes. powerful group and not have a voice, not have an opinion, look the way the power group wants you to look, dance the way the power group wants you to look, uh, to dance. Yes. And,
1: because it's inconvenient, isn't it, to express the reality of what you're, you're seeing because then it requires a different response. What, I, what I'm hearing really strongly is like a really deep commitment in you to live your values, to live what you believe, and sometimes that, that has consequences for people around you. Do you know like you like my sense of everything that you say, you want to live, you want to live this and you want to bring this to the world. You want people to see it and to take informed action towards it. <clears throat> and part of that is highlighting huge gaps between how you see the way the world could be and how it is today.
2: That, I mean, without that, how how does it even work? I don't know any other way, right? Uh, well, there is no other way, right? And uh, um, I, I think alignment is essential for me, uh, for my own peace of mind. And uh, uh, very early in my life, I realized that there's a price to pay for that, Um either, 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 you know, so if there is a clarity at my end as to what my values are, um, or what the non-negotiables are, right? Um, So this lack of alignment, absolute non-negotiable, and uh, the world is a mirror, I mean, um, if, if, if I cannot live that role, how do I even begin correcting the person who is in front of me, right? Each, each one is uh, reflecting um, you only, me only, right? And uh, these two things primarily shape uh, the day-to-day and uh, <laughs> yes, a lot of conflict, Maureen. Uh, it's, it's, it's not easy because somehow people in your personal life um, we're also part of the society, right? So uh, f- mm. these different roles of being a daughter, being a sister, being an aunt. Um, at one point in time, I was a wife also. Um, now I'm a partner. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, there, there, there's so many relations which come with their own set of rules. Um, how you will speak, how you will engage what will be the hierarchy and somehow that hierarchy is not just about the behavior um, that hierarchy is also about whose values are more important and uh, right so you are young so your values are not that important somebody else is older so their values are more important i think that kind of weightage is an incorrect way of shaping relationships and associations because Yes, when it comes to experience, I'll never argue on that one with somebody. Definitely, if you have lived longer, you have seen more of the life. I'll not take that away. Um, you have seen, if even if you have, I'm more traveled and the other person is not, I still believe they have seen more of the life because they have seen the evolution in the society, right? So from, from that perspective, they definitely have more weightage. And I'll step back and I'll say, okay, you teach me but you can't you can't put a hierarchy on value system with with an age tag on it and uh, that's where the biggest uh, uh, conflict lies that how do you start talking to people who are older not just in age but also in association uh, what are we if not the relationships that are around us right how do you sit across and then you tell them that there's something not right about the Things that you believe in, and uh, this DNI, this conversation on DNI. I know it started from workplaces, right? But it's there in every space of our life. Um, in families, you can easily see it. Uh, who is who's got seat on the table? I mean, it's very much in families also, as it is in workplaces. Right. You you can tell who is making the decisions and who is calling the shots really calling the shots by who are the people who are discussing these things right um, uh, in villages in other communities you will see these seat at the table under some banyan tree where the the elderlies of the village are discussing uh, whose daughter is ready to get married and whether there should be a school here or not or uh, are the women in the community complaining enough or whose children are seen playing together and if they belong to different castes should they be doing it or not so there are people in every cluster be it in family be it in companies be it in society any cluster that we pick up there are people who have taken control on that seat of the table seat at at that table and uh, they're the only ones who are making decision and uh, for me, I need to have a seat. If you don't give me a seat, I will stand on the side and I will still like keep bickering in your ears. You know? <laughs> so <laughs> I'll be that little voice who will keep talking to you, even if you don't listen to me. And if you ignore me, then I don't take that also very lightly. I, I think I behave more in my professional life than in my personal life. <laughs> from,
0: from, from your perspective, um... Now, coming back to a leadership role and when it you know, takes over your personal life, what is the advice that you would like to give to future leader that perhaps might be in a situation that, you know, the value system is causing discord and not only within themselves, but also in, the, in, in their surrounding with very close people? What would be the advice that you give them?
2: But who are these people that we are giving advice to Anandita? Let's identify that, otherwise advice is futile. Um, Is this the next coming generation that we are talking about? Or is this the leaders who are all there that we are talking about?
0: Um, We can talk about both. So what would, I'm sure that, you know, your perspective looking at the young leader, the young generation that is coming up and it might be a presumption, but I, I think the younger generation is more towards to listening to what diversity and inclusion is. And not only that, but also practicing it, um, imbibing it, still it would cause some sort of discord when there are values, you know, different. And mm. also the other leaders who have been there, done that, and they are in a different space. So let's take uh, your advice to both the group. I, I
2: i don't think the young generation or the upcoming generation needs any advice they're so no sorted um, on on one on one fundamental thing right that uh, <laughs> they they know the things that they uh, that they want to experience like they come from this space that we don't know a lot of things at least these are the ones that i have been uh, you know um, um indulging with or exchanging thoughts with. And there's a sense of curiosity, which is there to know as much as possible and to go into the depth of understanding the nuances. Right, I think they, they pick up these topics and these concerns more, uh, maybe because technology allowed them or induced too much information at the same time, and they are trying to make sense of it uh, they're trying to find their own identity. I mean, when I was growing up, I only knew there is a man and there is a woman, <laughs> and nothing else, right? Um, everything else that I started thinking about happened because of the journey in my life. You know, stepping out of India and then uh, um, taking pride in being part of a nation which uh, is more, uh, more, which is kinder towards women. But uh, today I read some headline. The, the the leadership of the country has said something very silly, but uh, it, it hurts me. But uh, coming back to this, I, all of us being a product of our journey, the next generation is uh, absorbing too much too soon. And what I'm liking is that they're taking out time to make sense of it. Um, on one hand, I see them jumping from one role to another role. Um, taking quick decisions as and when they feel something is not working out, they don't want to give it time. And I know from as somebody who has experienced and uh, uh, handled the, this as well, it has its own repercussions and inconvenience for people like me who are at the receiving end. But the hope is that while they're taking such quick decisions, it's coming from the space where they know exactly what they are not okay with. Right, so we may not know what we are looking for but if our non-negotiables are sorted out i think uh, that's that's good enough a base to plan our life on that this is something we'll not be okay with and for them the slightest uh, the slightest indication in a space where they are not welcome their thoughts are not welcome uh, their identity is not allowed to flourish um, they're they're ready to leave that space, and that's also one of the reasons I think the millennials don't have to worry about anything. It's the people who are going to be running these spaces in the future who have to think about it, and they have to worry about it more. That how do you how do you create spaces for uh, for for a population which identified very soon in their life what they are not okay with, what they're okay with is something that you can still lure them with, but. Uh, Coming, coming to those individuals who will be like me someday when I say like me that we chose this particular um, one of the this, this particular SDG to you know problem area to work in I I do hope that by that time there is a lot more focus on structured uh, um, mental health conversation um, Also because, and there are more focus groups where we can find space, not to discuss the problems of the world, but to discuss the problems that we are also having. Because uh, that kind of safe space does not exist right now. It's in a very small limited, uh, um, uh, small limited, I would say quantity. So you may reach out to your friends, but the last thing that you want to hear from people when you speak about any issue related to your work is, uh, then why are you doing it? (laughs) chill. Just chill in life. The problem is that you don't want to chill in life, right? The the problem is that you do want to fix this. And despite knowing very well that uh, in your lifetime, in any one person's lifetime, obviously it cannot be fixed. I mean, if we go by the data, we still have another 200-250 years to go just to fix the gender gap. Forget about other kinds of gap that we still have to address right? And then bring the complications of intersectionalism in it. And then we are looking at a very different uh, time frame altogether. So by that time, if we go by the environmentalist, uh, we don't even know if the earth will exist. So I don't know, right? This, there is too much and too long um, that it will take. But uh, taking care of self somewhere um, needs to be prioritized. And um, yeah, otherwise I think the young generation will do phenomenal. Um, being being open and transparent to the people in your life as to what drives you, um, because somewhere people still think that this is a, so. This is a dichotomy. Uh, at the risk of taking a little more time, uh, this is the dichotomy, right? On one hand, um, we are looking at changing the narrative that. Um, working on any of the SDG, and right now, if I just talk about diversity and inclusion, right, when you work on these issues, this is not social work. Yes, it has an impact, but it's not social work. It's do, it. This, this is good business. And when we talk to, this is good business, this is good economy, this is good GDP at the end of the day. So you're not doing a favor to anybody as a decision maker when you take this value as part of your uh, work activities and strategy. But at the same time, it it is a lonely world because while you are telling the decision makers that uh, this is good business, good economy, good GDP, what they are failing to understand is that yes, there is monetary um, reward For anybody who chooses to focus, if a company chooses to focus on it, there is a reward. The the, the growth is definitely going to get impacted. If an economy chooses it, the economy is going to grow and it will boost. From where they see it, it's social work, right? That you should be doing it irrespective, right? Just do it without thinking about any output. Do it like good karma, right? The problem is you cannot do it like good karma because it needs to be measured. And that creates a lot of friction that creates a lot of tension because the world expects you to just do without worrying about the output and you at your end are constantly stressing for output for it to be measured so that you can find the world can find value in it. So that dichotomy and uh, that, that friction in how it is perceived. It's creating a lot of stress, and it's also taking a lot of good work two steps backward because you have to spend a lot of time, not just in doing the work, but also convincing that uh, how this work needs to be perceived. Right. And uh, second advice to come on that is uh, to always figure out a way for uh, self sustainability. Right? This is connected with the first one because the world will keep telling you that, oh, if you're so concerned about this, then you should not be worried about taking care of yourself. But you can't give what you don't have. Yes, right? So you do. Yeah. Right, Marie? How do you take care of uh, things? How do you fix things? If everyone has to pay their rents, everyone has to pay their bills, um, you, you will be required to and it's not just what you desire to, sorry, what you need to do. It's also what you wish to do and sometimes what you desire to do, right? So this 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 thought that people will put in your head that because you're working in so-and-so space, um, you should dress in a certain manner, or you should talk in a certain manner, or you should live in a certain house and do this and that. Yes, flamboyancy and uh, luxury is a different thing. and But then also where that money is coming from needs to be accommodated for. I'm, I'm saying there has to be transparency. But don't compromise it at the risk of or at the, at the cost of doing good because the world is telling you that if you're working in this field, you should not worry about making money. When I say making money, making money to sustain yourself and to grow whatever work you right. Um, companies come to me and say that, oh, if you're working in these issues, um, why do you need money? But oh, there's this, yeah, same expressions I, Maureen, the expression mm-hmm. that you gave, same expression I also have.
1: <laughs> it's extraordinary, isn't it? Like, so again, they're trapped in that old thinking at the zoo where their perspective is quite limited.
2: Huh, so I, I think the upcoming generation, when they get into any of these, any any problem that they want to solve, I would always say, um, always think sustainability in terms of uh, the the model. You know. So uh, once that takes, uh, once that is taken care of, uh, everything else follows anyway. Otherwise, uh, as it is, this 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 field of work is not very. Um, uh, Happy go lucky because, like we were talking about a while ago, how it impacts your own uh, uh, behavior, your friends, <laughs> your relationships. The last thing that you need is also worry about how to carry the work forward. If if a day comes, everything else goes away. You should still be able to continue working, right? And you should still be able to do the work that you feel so strongly about.
0: Okay. Um, Thank you so much. Just Yes.
2: Yeah. As for the existing leaders, the second thing, just change the way that you look at this work. I think Um, change the narrative or if you can't do it on your own, then listen when we are telling you that it's not about doing a favor uh, to the world, to your country, to your employees, or to the women in the society or the people with disability in the society. You're doing something for your own self your business grows, your country grows, your economy uh, progresses, um, when each and every individual who is part of it is contributing. I think that selfish thought has not occurred to a lot of people, that you will grow if every member who is part of your circle is contributing to the best of their ability or to whatever ability that they can contribute in. Wonderful. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much, Pallavi. That was so inspiring, and very early morning in in, in Bangalore in India.
1: <laughs> it is. Thank you. <laughs> You've given us so much to think about. Like this, um, it's complex, isn't it? And how do we harness like the potential of everybody in, in our society so that they can contribute and have fulfilling lives and without the other thing you've highlighted for me without us killing our, ourselves at the, you know our very soul um, because it can be really draining on us and
2: yeah, you know Maureen what surprises me is imagine I, you're living in a house with 20 people or 10 people and um, five of them are not doing anything because you're not giving them anything to do So they wake up and they go about their time. Um, And then uh, another five, um, they want to do something, but uh, you think they're not worthy of the work that you want them to do.
0: Next month, we have Brisbane-based Julie Tengdal, stylist, designer, fashion brands owner, and a long-term yogin and meditation practitioner. Julie wonderfully weaves stories into each of her clothing and creates masterpieces that carry narratives of their own. We invite you to listen to her leadership journey in next month's Leadership Stories. Thank you and meet you next time.